Welcome to Into the Deep, a podcast by Gosford Parish, the Shrine of St. John Paul II. Join us each week as we dive deeper into the upcoming Sunday's Gospel readings and explore the things Christ is doing in our hearts and in yours. Whether you're new to the faith or have been following Jesus for a long time, you are most welcome here. In the words of St. John Paul II, do not be afraid, do not be satisfied with mediocrity, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Hello everyone and welcome back to Into the Deep. You're joined as always by Jamie. I am the Gosford Shrine of St. John Paul II coordinator and I'm joined today with John. How you going Jamie? How you going? So good to have you here. Um, And John is, you probably definitely seen him around the parish. He has been a youth leader for the last few years. He's studying theology at uni and he makes some, some TikToks as well about all things to do with Catholicism, which is great. I think, um, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a good episode. So I'm excited. First time on a podcast as well. I know. Starting off so so at the top as well. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, let's just dive right into this Sunday's gospel. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him, and, as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children, and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their lord all that had taken place. Then his lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have mercy on your fellow slave, as I had mercy on you? And in anger his lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly father will do also to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So plenty to unpack here. Um, The first thing uh, that I noticed really when I initially read this reading was the amount of money owed uh, that the servant owed to his master. And... Uh, it says 10,000, what is it, 10,000 uh, talents. Uh, I actually Google searched because, as we know, Google is the most reliable of theological sources. 100%. Uh, and uh, it says that 10,000 talents equates to about 200,000 years worth of wages for a servant. Um, Whoa. Yeah, so very, very significant. So my immediate reaction was, what kind of favor did the did the servant ask of his master where... 
that's what he's owing him. Like, I don't, I couldn't even imagine what he, what, what kind of favor that was. <laughs> but my second question, and probably a more appropriate question, was, what is God trying to speak to me in this passage? Um, and I think that is, there is a reason why the servant owed such an incredible amount of money, and that is because that equates to the debt that we owe our Lord. And that is a debt that we are unable to pay in the same way that the servant is unable to pay. Uh, and that is the debt of our sins, all the sins that uh, we have committed in our lives. And we are unable to pay that back. But thankfully, our Lord, uh, by dying on the cross, uh, he died in atonement for those sins. Uh, and then if we uh, go on to look at the, the wages owed by, uh, who was it, the, the fellow servant uh, to the servant, that was, uh, what was it, 100 denarii? Yeah, 100 denarii. And so that equates to just one day's worth of wages. So we've just gone mm -hmm. from 200,000 years worth of wages to one day's wages. Um, and so when I was kind of thinking about, you know, what do these different wages symbolize? Uh, like I just explained, the, the 200,000 years worth of wages, that's kind of the, 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 uh, the debt that we cannot pay for our sins. But the, the one week's, or sorry, one day's wages is kind of like those small things in our daily life that we are unable to forgive, like that other people commit to us. For example, if your brother like ate the last Tim Tam or something and you are not willing to forgive him and you kind of hold a grudge against him. But uh, when you consider that our Lord literally died uh, for us, that Tim Tam doesn't matter that much. And mm. so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, what I got away from that. Also, the, the idea that when we are forgiven much, we respond with acts of love. And it reminded me of a passage, uh, what was it, from Luke's Gospel, uh, which is the, the passage of the sinful woman that washed the feet of Jesus. And so it basically goes like this. Jesus went to a Pharisee's house called Simon, and he invited him for lunch. And a sinful woman, uh, a prostitute, she, she ran into the house fell before Jesus and, and washed his feet. And she washed his feet with her hair. So that already has significance in itself. That's a great act of humility because we need to understand women's hair in those days was like the greatest sign of beauty. And so for her to be, her to be using her hair to wash Jesus' feet is an incredible act of humility. On top of that, if you can imagine like in Jerusalem, people's feet were just filthy. And so that was, that was an act of the lowliest of servants to wash someone's feet. Um, and so we need to understand this woman uh, had great humility and because of that she was able to recognize her many sins and so then when she was forgiven by Jesus she responded with those acts of hospitality she washed his feet now Simon the Pharisee who invited Jesus to lunch who had just witnessed all this he was he immediately judged Jesus and the woman and said he knew the woman's reputation and he said if Jesus was truly a prophet he would know what she has done and he would rebuke her immediately but Jesus who could read the mind of Simon he said to him Simon you have invited me to your house and yet this woman is is the woman that is doing the acts of hospitality you you have invited me to your house and you have made no effort to be hospi hospitable to me um, and so and that is because she has recognized that she's been forgiven much because she was humble and and so she has been able to love much um, and so I kind of relate that to the, the reading we did today in the sense that what the, the servant failed to do 
what the servant didn't fail to do was to seek forgiveness from his master. But what he did fail to do was to receive that forgiveness graciously. Because if he was to receive it graciously, he would have responded to that grace and that forgiveness with uh, uh, an act of love uh, by being merciful to his fellow servant. And that, that is exactly what the, the woman did when she washed the feet of Jesus. Um, but instead, he responded like the Pharisee, uh, Simon, and he began to, to judge the woman and judge Jesus. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing. So I guess like the, the takeaway from that is if we have the humility to recognize our sins, then we will also have the humility to come before our Lord, ask for forgiveness. And when he does forgive us, then we will respond with acts of love. So that's my takeaway. Mm, wow. I love that last line. I feel like that could mm. be like a Pinterest quote. <laughs> so, so good. And I love um, when you were speaking at the start about, um, you know, like the the wages, like the two 2,000 years mm. of owing someone versus like, you know, the small sum that it ended up becoming. It kind of also reminded me of like confession and how, you know, you go to confession and I'm probably not the only person that's had the experience where you go to confession and you get these like heavy sins off your off your chest and then the priest looks at you with the love of mercy of Christ and says you know go and pray like two Hail Marys or something and you're like what did you did you hear what I just said and I think it really speaks to this um heart of God's mercy is that it's not that we're earning his forgiveness it's not that it's anything that comes from us and so I think when we um, like you said, experience that that mercy ourselves, like what the woman did when she washed Jesus' feet. Like it's so easy for us to, um, you know, ask God for His mercy, and it's so easy for Him to give it to us. And yet, it's so hard for us to give that mercy to exactly. other people. Often, the way that I forgive people is, you know, I want them to kind of like walk of shame back to me and like show me that they're really sorry and make it up to me and all of this kind of thing and yet that's not the way that God responds to me coming to him you know like I always think of the the story of the prodigal son like the father runs out to meet him even though he would have so much right to make him walk up the driveway back to him and make him feel bad for his sins and it's not that you know like we shouldn't experience the the heaviness and the weight of our sin but that God like just completely covers that in his mercy and his love. And I think, you know, when we speak about this topic of forgiveness, a lot of the time we tend to speak about, you know, it's important for us to forgive others. But I think if we just focus on that and we don't first come from this place of like the reason we're forgiving others is because we ourselves have been forgiven. Mm-hmm. I feel like that makes it so much easier to then, you know, show that mercy to others because it can be so, so hard. Like I, I wrote down this quote by, um good old jp2 um and he said that forgiveness is above all a personal choice a decision of the heart to go against the natural instinct to pay back evil with evil and i really like how he put that of it's a decision of the heart like because it's definitely not a decision of the mind because our minds often go to this thing of like that's not fair like the I think the biggest arguments I ever had with my siblings when I was younger was like, what's fair and what's not Mm -hmm. fair? Like you got this piece of cake and my piece of cake was smaller or like whatever it was, you know, that's not pull out like the the measuring tape just to make sure like the the drinks are perfectly aligned and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about being perfectly even. 
where mm. that's that's not forgiveness so. no exactly mm. and then you know you look at this and this is a decision of the heart to to respond with mercy and grace to someone else's failures because you recognize your own failures and your own sin within them like it's not that you know oh i'm so great and perfect and you've done the wrong thing to me so therefore like you need to make it up to me and you know do this whole like walk of shame back to me but rather i see your mistakes and i recognize my own within them because often you know the things that i've been hurt by that other people have done it's given me this like greater appreciation of how much those things can wound other people mm-hmm. and then you know in a sense like me forgiving them is kind of a gift to me like it helps bring me closer to holiness i think because it's a lot easier to you know think that you're going so great and that you know you're you know just on the way to sainthood um and then someone does something wrong to you and you're like what like that's true though like that that last point you were saying like it's easy to um think that you're a saint and then like the the second that you have an in, a moment of inconvenience like mm. you kind of burst out i think there's a quote by c.s lewis um I wouldn't be able to like recall it perfectly, but he says like uh, it's it's very easy for us to think of ourselves holy in a moment when we're experiencing a lot of joy. Mm. Uh, but uh, there's, an, there's the second part of the quote is the hitter, and I cannot <laughs> recall it for the life of me. So, oh yeah, it's uh, C.S. Lewis, the problem of pain. So I don't know. Just read the whole book, and when you get to that quote, then <laughs> then then you can get something out of it, maybe. Yeah, no, I really agree with that. And I think, I don't know, it's even, I think when you look back at when you were younger and I feel like there've definitely been times where I thought I had it all together and I knew I knew the right way to live. I knew the right way to act. I thought I knew 100% where I was going. And yet the older that I've gotten, like I feel like the more that I've grown and experienced things and like hopefully gotten a bit wiser, the more I've kind of realized how much I don't know and like how much I need to rely on God's grace and mercy to get me through like every moment. And I think it's the same with experiencing his forgiveness. Like it's often until we, it's often not until we need it ourselves that then we're able to like be more gracious in giving it to others. Mm. And I love what you said before about the, the woman who was washing Jesus' feet, you know, that the reason she was able to love so greatly was because she had been forgiven so deeply. Like, I do really think that the more that we, doesn't really make sense, but the more that we experience the the depth of our own sinfulness, the more I'm reminded of like just how deep God's love is the same time. Like the more I realize how much I don't deserve what, Jesus did for me on the cross the more I grow in just like love and awe for him and I think when it comes to forgiveness of other people like it's really that challenge to realize that like okay you know I'm not this perfect person and the only perfect person literally saw the the weight of all my sin and yet died for me and yet I am an imperfect person and I'm really gonna look at someone else and be like oh, I just can't forgive you. Like, that's just, you know, that's too far out of my capability. And yeah, there are things that have, I'm sure, happened to everyone that are really hard to forgive, like, and things that have no excuse or no, like, justification for them. But I think there's a really big difference between forgiveness and justifying. And I remember one time I went to confession and something that the priest said to me when he was speaking to me after was, 
um, I tend to, you know, be on being honest. I tend to go on this massive storyline of like, I need to explain the reasons behind this. And I need to, you need to know the full context of everything before I tell you. And the priest that I went to, he kind of said to me, he's like, I really want to challenge you next time to just say, just tell me the sins and that's it. Because, and I was kind of thinking like, oh, so you just want me to hurry up? Like, sorry, I get it. Um, but he said after that, he said, yeah, I want you to just tell me your sins and let that be it because do you want to be forgiven or do you want to be excused? Like that's really the key difference between um, being forgiven is like, I see your mistakes, I see your flaws, I see your sin and I forgive you versus like excusing you is like, oh, I understand the reasons why you did that. And so it's all good. It's all fine. And I think that's a really big challenge to all of us to be like, yeah, do I, you know, even when we're seeking forgiveness from others, like, do you want to be forgiven or do you want to be excused? Because I think a lot of the time we want to be excused more than we want to be forgiven. Exactly. And on that point of like, it's a lot easier to forgive when you also recognize that you are in need of forgiveness. That is why we have the penitential act in the mass, because like every part, people need to recognize every single part of the mass has a particular purpose. And so with the penitential act, I'll just read out um, part of it if you're not familiar. It's it's the part uh, towards the beginning of the Mass when we say, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned through my thoughts, my words, in what I've done and what I've failed to do. And, and so that is basically an acknowledgement from the be- very beginning of Mass that I am in need of forgiveness. And then that basically disposes you to have the humility to receive our Lord in communion. Uh, properly so good right, yeah i love what you said as well that everything in mass has a purpose and then what is that purpose to make us ready to receive jesus fully into our bodies and exactly. part of That's that it. like the a crucial part of that is becoming aware of our own failures and shortcomings and it, it is really beautiful that we say that all together as a community like as one realizing that you know you know and maybe the people that you actually the people that have witnessed, oh, I'm not perfect in my, you know, in my words and in my actions are the people sitting like right next to you. And I think it's that really beautiful humility of like, we're saying this all together. We're acknowledging our sins all together. And it's funny because often I feel like people in my life who don't go to mass think that I might go to mass because I think I'm so great and I feel so much better than them because I go to mass on the weekend and I go to church and whatever. And it's funny because then you think about what's actually happening in the mass and what's actually happening when you go to mass. And it's like, I'm acknowledging all the ways that I failed, like during this week past. That's right, yeah. Even Lord, I'm unworthy mm. uh, to, re- to allow you to enter under my roof, but only say the word. So we, we're acknowledging that it's by God's grace that we're able to come before him because, you know, we are unworthy. Being aware of what we're actually saying, even we've just finished our first reconciliation and Holy Communion program at the church and even doing that program it's been really cool to do it with the parents and like I'm meant to be there teaching the kids what the meanings of things are and like we're going into the church and pointing things out and yet it's often the parents that are like oh wait that's why we do that or that's why we're kneeling at this certain point and this is why we're all standing together and all of these things and I think it really like opens your heart up to the beauty of the mass when you know what's going on you're not just like oh everyone's standing, I better get up. Cause that's how I used to go to mass. And then I would leave and be kind of like, yeah, okay. Like that was nice. Like I feel good, good about myself that I went and did that. 
Whereas now it's like this thing where I actually get to appreciate it because I'm not just like watching the priest pray, but I'm praying with the priest. Mm. I think that's a big difference as well. That's really cool. That point of, of parents, they, when they bring their children to like the, what, what is it like a uh, teaching of the liturgy? Is that yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. It's like the program before they yeah, can do the sacrament. That's really cool because in a way that's, it's almost like when you bring your kids to that, you're almost bringing like a, a mindset of humility in that you are kind of placing yourself in your kid's mind because you know they, like it's important what they are being taught. And so you, it, it's hard to explain, but you, you're almost trying to receive that as uh, your, your child would receive it to, mm. just to make sure that what they are, what they are learning is, is good. Um, but in doing that, you're actually receiving something as well. I think the mass and confession is such a beautiful invitation to us and often it's such a shame that I feel like in our world today a lot of the um, feelings that we might have around mass is like obligation or that's what Mm. my grandparents do or it's boring or it's irrelevant it doesn't matter to me I don't get anything out of it when I go to mass and when we think of reconciliation we can think of like being you know, filled with this like shame and embarrassment and worry and dread and all of these things. And I think it really misses the heart of what those things are actually about. Like the mass is about all of us coming together as a community and worshiping God and reminding ourselves. Like I remember hearing one time, I don't know if this is theologically correct, so you can correct me, but <laughs> I'm no um, Scott Hahn, don't trust me. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm getting put to the test, but I remember hearing this thing that like basically the in the like Old Testament, um, the like, I don't even know what they would sacrifice, like the lamb, the lambs that mm-hmm. they would sacrifice, they would like take them home with them for the week. And so they would have to like live with them and then they would sacrifice them. Yes. Yeah, correct. Is yeah. that correct? Okay. Mm. Awesome. And so. I think. <laughs> don't <laughs> yeah, hold me No, to we'll it. be confident. Yeah. 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 Um. And yeah, so nowadays, obviously, we don't sacrifice actual lambs, but we call Jesus, Jesus is the lamb of God because he is sacrificing himself willingly for our sins and for us to enter into deeper relationship with God. And so what we do is we receive Jesus and then we carry him with us through the week. And what happens to us during the week? We get busy and we get like tired and we snap at our sibling or our partner or whoever. And we, and then we get back to mass on the weekend, we see Jesus is sacri- you know, we are witnessing, we're being a part of this ultimate sacrifice of Christ. And so like how, you know, those people would like live with this lamb, we are living with Jesus during this week. And, you know, he's witnessing all those things. And yet we're invited into this invitation always, every single week to come back together. And I think when we look at forgiveness, it's that same thing of like, you know, there's all these times where we fail to be what we should and we fail to like live the way that we're meant to. And we know that we're failing to live that way. You know, there's probably like a hundred times a day where I think like, oh, I should have done this or I should call that person or I should, you know, say this prayer right now or I should stop what I'm doing or I shouldn't snap at my mom, but I'm tired. So like whatever. And, you know, in all of those little failures, like I think when we acknowledge those I heard one time that when it comes to like the saints that it's kind of like a stained glass window like because you read some of the words of the saints and they will like go on and on about their sinfulness and 
everything can you read that and you're like oh my gosh like you're you've got it together like you you knew what was going on uh, but it's kind of like a stained glass window where it's like the closer that you get to the light the more you see the imperfections and so I think the closer we get to God the more we recognize those little imperfections in ourselves and the more we realize them in ourselves I feel like the easier it is to forgive those in others because often you know there are really big things that we have to forgive people for but often it's like the little or harder things that are way more difficult for me to forgive personally if I have a, a big argument with a friend and we fall out for a while and we come back together you know like that's one type of forgiveness but often I find it harder to forgive my sister for like the millionth time that she's like left my car door open or something like you know often it's those little things that we find it the hardest to forgive others for which is so silly when it comes to it because well at the end of the day like what do they matter but definitely reveals I think a bit of our heart as humans like that yeah we it's this active like choice you know what John Paul II said like this heart decision to be like I'm going to forgive you and I recognize your worth and dignity and even though it's really difficult for me to do that I also recognize like all the times that I fail because yeah it's so it's I really think that pridefulness and this inability to forgive people really goes hand in hand. You know, John, mm. like you were speaking about the importance of humility. And I really think that the more humble we are, the easier it is for us to give people. Because we're like, yeah, you know, I need that forgiveness myself so much. Yeah, well, I think we've covered covered quite a bit of ground today. Um, thank you, John, for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. To have Jeez. you here. And I think we've spoken a lot about you know, the importance of forgiving others and finding that strength and also how hard it can be to forgive others. And so we thought to finish it off, we might join together in a prayer. Um, and this prayer is specifically for us to find that strength to forgive others in our lives, whether that's for a little everyday annoyance or that might be for, you know, a bit of a deeper and bigger issue that we can also bring to God. You know, I think it can be tempting to feel like some things are too big and too messy and too complex for us to bring to God and that he doesn't have an interest in them and that he just wants us to like blindly forgive people. But we hear in in the scripture today that he wants us to forgive with our heart. You know, that's what Jesus challenges us to do. And he doesn't just say that, but then he also desires to give us the strength to do so. And that's something that we can pray for and bring to our own relationship with the Lord so ask you to put yourself in the presence of the Lord and we'll join together in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen Falseless Lord enduring death for me you have consummated the debt of my sins your sacrifice of forgiveness was absolute grant me the strength to also forgive others to excuse their transgressions against me so I may truly reflect this spiritual fruit. Obliterate any persistent feelings of malice. Let each trespass end as a closing chapter, my continuing on the road of righteousness. Forgive my sins as I aspire to forgive others. You are truly archetypical of forgiveness. You are a most forgiving Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh man. Alrighty. Well thanks again, John. Such thanks, a pleasure Jamie. to have you Thank here. Thank you everyone for listening. It's been amazing. So good to have you here and yeah, shameless plug. Definitely check out John is Catholic TikTok.
Instagram. Such a good time. <laughs> and yeah, thank you for all that you do. And yeah, it's such a pleasure to have you here. No, it's been great. Thank you. Awesome. Right. And thank you, everyone. Pray for us and we'll be praying for you. God bless. Bye-bye.